0: We'll What's up, family? This is Pastor Paul from Free Life Community Church, and you are listening to Practicum Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome! Hey, as always, you can always check out our previous episodes on any major uh, podcast platforms, and just check us out, man. It's been awesome just recapping sermons, talking about how we can live out the Word of God practically in our lives. Um, I know that's not always easy with everything going on, and you know, getting like twenty-minute sermons. I mean that's that's how long I, I preach i mean i know there's you know i got buddies out there that, that be preaching that be preaching so uh, i mean it's all good man and so welcome 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 hey hey so uh you know throughout this uh, few weeks so far we've been uh in a new sermon series called the goodness of god the goodness of god and we're just talking about god right we're just talking about who god is and 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 what he's done in our life and um just talking about a couple of the the things that make god god different um especially in our christian faith Um, uh, Compared to to other religions out there And so if you are a believer um, You know just going on this journey I encourage you guys to continue To dig in and be intentional about learning about, uh, God and, and your foundation and where it comes from. And if you, if you're somebody that's seeking, uh, thank you for listening, uh, check us out. And, and so this is, you know, our, uh, as free life community church, our perspective, our interpretation of the the gospel, uh, we are a gospel centered church and, you know, we're just trying to, to do the, to do the message, right. Uh, as much as we can. So we're in this series. And, um, and so last week we talked about the attributes and the characteristics of God, Um, And so we started out by saying everybody has uh, attributes. Everybody got characteristics that make who they are. And the cool part is uh, it all comes from somewhere. Um, and so some of us comes from the culture, some of it comes from tradition, but as believers of Jesus Christ, we believe that we, um, our attributes come from the image of God or some of it because we are created from God. And so we wanted to talk about well, what are the characteristics of God and what are the attributes? And he has so many, he has so many great ones, uh, but we wanted to start out with flyover um, just looking at three major attributes that, that that are talked about a lot in seminary, um, and so there's going to be some seminarian words, and I'm going to try to break it down uh, as much as I can in the short time we have together. But more than just words, I want us to think what those uh, what does uh, those attributes mean in our life? How does it connect um, me as a believer? How does it draw me closer? to falling in love with christ and i think it does and so uh, i called it the three o's um and and the first o is well i'm gonna just give you three all right now so the 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 o's that we're talking about is uh the omnipotent god the omniscient god and the omnipresent god and so the um and so the the omnipotent God is basically saying God is all powerful. And last week, Brother Dorian talked about a God that created the world, created the universe, created the cosmos. Um, And so we're talking about how there is nothing too hard for God. God is powerful. God created the world. God created the skies. He created the mountains. Uh, He knows the stars by name. That's what the scripture says. And he created you and me. And so there's nothing hard for God. And isn't that a reassuring fact that there is nothing that God can't. Handle that God has the power to save us. That God has the power to to know our pains and know our sorrows, and and not just power to create, which He does, and not the power to to build, but also the power to forgive, the power to hold us, the power to wipe away our sins, be within our sorrows, hear our cries, hear our laments. Um, and so, I think sometimes you know when we go through our valleys, when we go through our seasons. Um, for some reason, we don't. Sometimes we don't think God is powerful enough. We don't think God can handle our situations, and I want to argue that God can because God created you and me. Um, and so, you know, the best analogy, obviously, is coming from my family. Um, when Joshua and Lily, those are my kids' name, they're in pain or, or they're they're in some type of uh, sorrow or some type of sadness. Uh, they know that I can hold it for them. They know that, that Daddy can do it. Not just lifting chairs or lifting tables, but they know emotionally, spiritually, Daddy will be here for me. And I think we as Christians... Um, we we have to be in in this type of lifestyle where we go to God first um, i think as christians sometimes we're so um, we're we're so uh, bombarded by, by other things and and th- those top, those popular uh, buzzwords like self help right? Or life coach, or um, there's going to be a little controversial therapy. And I'm not saying therapy or I'm not saying anybody out there that's doing care for that is bad. But I think as Christians, if we think that God is all powerful, why don't we go to him first, right? Why don't we go to him first, lay it down on the cross, lay it down to where he is. And so knowing that God is, is omnipotent i keep on trying to say oh, omnipotent i think breaking it down but omnipotent so omni means all if y'all didn't uh, catch that it's a latin of latin it comes from the latin words omni all potent power right and so if god is all-powerful do you really believe in that God is all-powerful, um, that God can handle everything? God can handle everything so much so that he also can handle death on the cross through his son, Jesus, and win over that death through his resurrection. Um, and so that's, that's the first uh, omnipotence. And the second is um, omniscient God, all-knowing. Um, and so um, one of, one of the one of the things that we talked about is there is nothing that God doesn't know. There is nothing that God doesn't know. God has no beginning because he is the beginning and God has no end because long after we're gone, long after generations ago, God is still there. And that's kind of, uh, you know, when we try to wrap it around in our limit, uh, limited mind, um, it might not make sense, but I just want you to reassure you that God is all knowing that God knows you. God knew you before even the creation of the world. He knew you by name. He 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 put you put you together in your mother's womb. He knows uh, the, the the names of the stars. He knows how many hair you have. He knows every grain of sand. He knows it all. He's all wise. And by knowing everything, that also means that God is truth, right? Um, and so we, as Christians, I think. First of all, have to know that God is all truth. That when we believe in God, God is the standard of truth. And again, sometimes I think we're challenged by that. We're so, you know, for some reason in this generation or culture, I don't know what it is. We we are scared of truth. We are scared of facts. Um, and I'm and I'm not getting political. I'm not getting in any type of way. But but we're scared of knowing that something is that something is truth. It cannot be movable. And one of those truths is God. One of those truths is God's wisdom. And, and the way we know that for now is the word of God. Um, and we, we can go down this rabbit hole of interpretations, translations, mistakes. Um, but I'm going to say it here, man, I think for me, if I'm going to believe in something uh, and if it's not perfect, if it's not true, then why am I wasting my time? I can believe in myself. then at that point. I choose to believe in the word of God, as the word of God, like 2 Timothy 3.16 says, God breathed inspired uh, to correct and rebuke us and correct, um, because that I know that God is part, that, that I know that God is all knowing, that God is truth. Even the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And so God already knows your life. He already knows uh, the steps you're going to take. But at the same time, he doesn't try to control it because he gave something. He gave us a gift called free will. And so even though he knows your steps, he's going to allow you to choose those steps in order for you to realize that. That, uh, at the end of the day, you know, God is here. God, we need God at that point, and maybe that's kind of something that we need to continue to wrestle with um, for us Christians and even for those new believers out there. Uh, the the question of well, if He knows, then why am I doing it? And that's a a question, and that's an argument that even the top theologian scholars are still talking about. So we don't want to get into that. But I think the basic um, the the basic truth is that God is all knowing, um, and we see this in scripture. Sure, we see this in, in, in the, in the Bible. We see this in how, um, God has ordained all these things to happen. Um, especially in, in my life, right? I mean, if God didn't know what's going to happen in my life, I don't know where I'll be with that. And so, um, knowing that comforts me knowing that, Uh, assures me that there is hope because God is in front of it. Um, And so that's number two, God is omniscient. And lastly, uh, we talked about God being uh, omnipresent, omnipresent. And so um, if we believe that God is all powerful and is the creator of all existence, and if we believe that God is all uh, omniscient, the author of all that is true, then we can conclude that God is also omnipresent omnipresent, or the quality of being everywhere, right? God is near us. He is uh, over us. He is beyond us. Um, He is where he needs to be at that time. And I think for us, our concept of time um, is not the same concept of God's time, is not the same of God's space. And so the way we uh, kind of uh, unpack that as well is uh, knowing that God transcends all, but also uh, has imminence over the world, uh, which means that being God is being transcended, is that he is beyond um, our time, he is beyond our space, holding us, um, watching us, Um, And so there is nothing that can hold God. There's nothing over God. There's nothing beyond God. And so while he holds us, God has eminence, which means he's also near us. He is with us. Uh, He is close to us. He is moving within us through the Holy Spirit and guiding us in that way. Um, Psalms 113 says the Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory over the heavens, who is like the Lord, our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth. God transcends all uh, and his eminence. Um, is fleshed out in Acts 17. For in Him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are His offspring. So we, there's this concept of God being near and far. He's far where we exalt Him. He's far where we honor Him. He's far where we have reverence that He is all powerful, that He is all knowing, um, that He has the authority over us. But at the same time, He's near us. He wants relationship with us. And the best way, um, excuse me, not the best way, the way that he wanted to have relationship with us is through his son, Jesus, a God who is over all the earth, a God who was all powerful, chose to come down to this earth. And that's for one reason only to save you and me from our sins. My family, we have to know that we are fallen. even this week, you know, in the news um, and in the, the stuff that is going globally, the stuff that is coming locally, and even the stuff that's going around the church, um, sin is all over the place. Sin is all over the place. And sometimes we see that there is no hope for this world, but I guarantee you, my family, that there is hope and that the, and that hope has a name and his name is Jesus Christ. The good news of the gospel is that, that God loves each and every one of you, that God loves each and every one of you. And as sinners, there is a debt that we must pay. There is a ransom that must pay. There, there has, there's a result of this sin, and that is death. Romans talks about that is death. However, because God loves us so much, he is willing to take that ransom from us. He's willing to pay those debts from us. A perfect God, a God without sin. Who chooses to pay the sins for us because he loves us he loves you and me so he sent down his son jesus christ to come to come here to have relationship to 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 allow people to see what it means to care to have mercy and compassion but at the same time he he was on a mission and his mission was to at at the end of his ministry life is to die for our sins because there must be a sacrifice, right? Like, there's a, like there is a consequences for crime. Uh, the crime in which we committed is the sin uh, against God, whether that's we, we tell a lie or a little lie or murder or cheat, steal, or think of things or, or do the things of not of God's will. We are sinners at the end of the day, but because God loves you and me, he's willing to send himself down incarnate in Jesus Christ. Take uh, his godness into a person and be sacrificed as the unblemished lamb. I'm using a lot of theologian language here, but as the unblemished lamb, a lamb with no marks, Jesus was perfect. Jesus was perfect um, from the time he was born and the time that he died. And so he took that place for us so that we can be set free so that we can live in relationship with God, so that now we will know what it means to have hope. Now we will know what it means to love like God loves. Now we will know what it means to have this journey in Christ. There's so many things that people worry about. There's so many things that that people prioritize, uh, whether that's family, money, uh, 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 careers. But at the end of the day, you and I will die. And when we die, all those things don't matter. But what does matter is what's going to happen to our soul because each and everyone has one. What's going to happen to our soul? Are we going to be with God or not with God? Because God gives us peace and without peace, there is no joy. Um, and so I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, especially during this time of Lent where, where we recognize and we remember and reflect on the last days of Jesus, how he had to step into the 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 season that especially this season uh, leading up to his sacrifice what he was thinking about and because he is all man and all god probably the man side this is turmoil he knows what's coming but at the end of the day because he is god he knows what he has to do in order to save each and every one of us and that save salvation produced love in our hearts so that we again can have relationship with him be in relationship with him so that we can continue to be the light in other people's lives, in the communities that we live in, in the families that we have, so that we can bring other people to that hope. We can bring other people to that Jesus. Imagine if we did that. Imagine if we brought people to an all powerful, all knowing, all present God into their life. How much more would their life be transformed? And so my brothers and sisters continue to pray, continue to live a life knowing who God is. Peace.